everybody. Welcome to another awesome episode of Podcast. I am Jordan Long here, like always, with Brother Brandon. Hello. And best friend Ryan. Hello, everybody. And tonight we are going to be doing Back to the Future Commentary Part Deuce. Deuce? Deuce? What did you do? Did you try to do Spanish and French at the same time? I was, I was, I was trying to do Hot Shots Part Do, but I, I guess I had that wrong. Oh. It's Part Do. Yeah. That's, well, well, that's what I'm doing. Uh, French is... Uh, and then Spanish is dos, so you kind of did both. That's why I was asking. <laughs> hey, Wally, I created my own language. I guess. I mean, you... it's kind of just gibberish at this point. Gotcha. So how's everybody doing today? How's everybody's week? Everybody doing good? A lot better, yeah. I reached milestone number one on the diet. What's that milestone? 25 pounds. Hey! Yeah, as of this morning, I'm down 25.7 pounds. And you're celebrated by drinking a calorie-filled beer. Oh, yeah. Well, That's your reward. Well, no, no. Uh, calories don't matter. Calories have nothing to do. It's the carbs. I'm losing, the carbs. I'm the losing carbs. all the water weight. You're losing I'm, the water I'm weight. I'm trying to get my body to burn fat instead of carbs. Okay. But I did, I am, I, this is the first beer I've had since last Tuesday. Nice. When we were together. Nice. So. Yeah, this is like the third bottle since last Tuesday. That's a pretty big bottle. Yeah. That's not, that's not a lightweight bottle. No, it's not. It's, it's definitely... <laughs> a... That is someone I've committed to cirrhosis bottle. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, but tonight, like we did for the last episode for you guys before, uh, we are doing our commentary episode. Uh, that has been a very popular episode that has been downloaded, so thank you, everybody. And that's why we decided we're going to do a part two, and might as well spoil it, we're going to do part three as well. Because you guys liked it so much, we will do the whole trilogy for everybody. So expect part three coming soon as well. Yeah, and I think uh, I, even during the first one, we were talking about other movies in the future too as well. Like, um, I don't know, I think this would be a lot of fun to hit up even just singular like singular movies. Like, I think we talked about Christine maybe mm-hmm. in the future, and I don't know, I would love to do a, I would love to do a full Army of Darkness, of course. No, oh, yeah, that. that We'll do that, because I don't like it, so that'll be an interesting discussion. Yeah. We'll have to do it. But, uh, so, here are the rules. We're going to be doing a live commentary. What that means, folks, if you haven't listened to our Back to the Future Part 1 episode, is that we are going to be having the movie playing live in the background while we're talking over to it, just like you have your own commentaries at home when you watch your DVDs. Brandon, Brother Brandon here will give you a countdown of 3, 2, 1. As soon as he does that, press play, because we will be pressing play with you. And you can watch the movie along while we talk about it, or listen to the movie while we talk, whatever you want to do. But yes. We're, yeah, we're, we have the movie at frame one, like right when you're seeing the sun horizon on Universal's logo. Yes. So, uh, other than that, uh, Brother Brandon, give us the countdown here, and uh, we should be good. All right. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Great Lakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And in three, two, one, play. Best friend Ryan, spin that shit. Let's give me a new catchphrase every time we do this. That's, you're going to say it every time? Every time. Okay. Technically, I'm not spinning it. I'm just hitting the circle. I, I know, but I just just wanted to say it. Just wanted to say it. Okay. Not, I, I get it. You you have turned into this whole, like, I'm an Eminem, you know, fan now. But not like recent stuff, not post drug overdose, but pre drug overdose when he was mm, I can awful, see it. when he was like a, a horrible person. Just look at the hat. I mean, it's Jordan's clearly, you know, crying out for something. Do you want us like to to re- refer to you as like by your nickname? You want to be J Rabbit? 
He's B rabbit in the movie. I, 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 I get that. All right. All right. Steven Spielberg presents here, people. <laughs> just gonna just gonna drive past it. All right, that's cool. That's cool. I think I'm gonna sit here and make fun of you the whole time. Thanks. I don't get enough at work. Hey, I haven't seen you in, in a couple days, so I got this. Yeah. I got pent up. I got pent up things. I gotta say, you know. Yeah. This is not shot for shot, is it? Yeah, it is. It's shot for shot, but it's not from the first movie, right? These are not scenes from the first movie. Well, no, they had to reshoot it because of her. Because of her? Yeah. She's not in the first one. We discussed it. I know, but she does not look... I mean, I know it's a different actress, but they did a pretty good job. I mean, her hair is, and her clothes fit her just like the first actress did. I mean, the first girlfriend, it, it looks pretty good. I mean, if you're not paying attention. I mean, from the first one in 85 until this one in 89, I mean, you can't tell. I don't think. Oh, I... I mean, it's, it's uh, obviously higher uh, budget as everything looks shinier and brighter. Maybe because also it's a Blu-ray? No, I'm talking compared to the... Even compared to the Blu-ray we watched uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Oh, Doc, Doc Brown has green socks. <laughs> I like the highlights. So here's the thing. I still don't understand because even in this one, they had the chance to correct it and they didn't. Unless they're saying, unless they're saying the beer can is organic material too, which I it's metal, I guess. It's Mister Fusion only on. Well, he says organic. in the last one, I need organic matter. Uh, it, it, it drive, it's it, it's powered by organic matter. See, I can't I can't ever watch this scene without thinking of the Family Guy joke where he says, "Marty, your daughter's dating a black girl. We have to go stop her." Yeah. <laughs> so that's I'm kind of tainted for this scene. I apologize. This new scene has added a Biff running out. I just recently saw uh, Elizabeth Shue in um, uh, Hollow Man. Have you guys seen Hollow Man? Not since I was a kid. That was a yeah. Paul Verhoeven movie. Mm-hmm. His last American movie, isn't it? Yeah. He's like 50 Americans. I can't do an accent. He's Dutch. Whatever. Can you do a Danish impression? I don't. I don't know what Danish sound like. Okay. They sound like uh, people from the Netherlands, but smarter. I don't know what the Netherlands sound like. Okay. They sound like Germans, but smarter. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I can kind of already tell that this movie's weaker, starting out right now. Like I'm not so excited right now. Okay. Let me ask you this. Okay. So. The first, the, you, the first thing you see is Michael J. Fox, four years older, but he's still supposed to be 16 years old. Does he does he look like he could be 16 to he, you guys? He was supposed to be 16 in the last movie. I thought he was supposed to be 18 like his parents. No, he's 16. Is he's a 16-year-old? 16 or 17, somewhere around there. I, I, don't, I didn't believe it then, though. Yeah, I totally hope. See, I could have bought him as a teenager in the first one. Definitely can't in this one. Well, that was a that was a problem in the '80s and even in the '90s, especially where it was hiring fucking 32 year olds to play 19, 17, 18 year olds. Yeah, because he's young. Because wasn't he? He was filming Growing Pains. Yeah, I think he's like I think he's like 29. Is he really? Hmm. I think I think he was born in '63. I want to say I want to say he's as, he's as old as Tom Cruise. Like right now. With the opening and then with the credits, I'm just not as excited or as engaged as I was in the first movie. I think right now. I think that they're the assumption 
for this one is that everyone loved Back to the Future. If we slap Back to the Future Part 2 and have Michael J. Fox come back with Christopher Lloyd, it, everyone's going to be like, this is great. Yeah. Thirty years in the future, we have flying cars. We're never gonna get that. That's never gonna happen. Probably right on, right when they're like our last few years on this planet, <laughs> when we can't even do anything with it. So he's he's twenty seven ish when they're making this movie. In eighty nine. Well, I'm sorry, no, uh, they made it in eighty seven, eighty eight because they yeah, filmed it back to back. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's born in sixty one. Gotcha. He's won four Golden Globes. Did you guys ever thought when you watched this movie as a kid that 2015, wow, that's so in the future at all? Did you guys ever think it would be like this maybe in 2015 or were you not as naive as me? No, I even then as a kid, I could I could always tell when a movie every just about every movie when they are addressing the future is just over exaggerating. Hmm. There'd be no way as a society we progress that quickly. In 30 years? Look what we done with cell phones in 10. What's a cell phone? They didn't find cars. <laughs> no. Well, no. I, I think Brandon's got a point there. We've had aeroplanes since 1903. We've had mass-produced automobiles since 1915. That's over a century, and we're no closer to flying cars than we were back then. Look, because isn't there a lot of legal shit that goes with it that's different than automobiles, like with actual oh, yeah. car on the ground? I mean... No, no. But, well, yeah, obviously, you're going to have to put new laws in for the skies and shit, but what I'm saying is that... It's, uh, I forget where I was going with this. I wasn't... I, we should have him by now if we're, if we're ever yeah. going to. Yeah. Yeah. The Flying DeLorean. Is it awesome? I just, I just now noticed that. The the license plate is a barcode. barcode. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know That's that clever. Either. I mean, it's one of the most iconic movie cars out there, obviously. The Flying DeLorean? But just the DeLorean in general. Like. Do you guys like the style of the Flying DeLorean more? Or do you like the original better? Are they, they look the same. What's the difference? Well, it's just the wheels come out and it fly. Oh, it's <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously a flying car is a lot cooler than a, a non-flying car. I don't car. know. Oh. I actually, I actually kind of like the original DeLorean more without the flying stuff. And plus, without the Mr. Fusion. Because they never bring Mr. Fusion back after that. Well, I mean, they, in the past... It, doesn't matter, does it? Because the, the, the car is dead. Unfortunately, yeah. In the 1800s. I went to a Regina... Okay, I always wonder why I did that. Well, it's to save money on the makeup process. They don't have to make them look older mm. the whole entire time. They also replaced my spleen and colon. Jesus. Now, watching this, because Doc brings it at the start here, he's wearing two ties. Yeah. Let's let's gloss over the fact that the one that they're both transparent and plastic. Uh, why? What fashion trend would there ever exist where you would need to wear two ties? Where uh, how a lot of fashion trends start when a very famous celebrity or musician does a trend and it catches on. So you're telling me in this reality there is a movie probably starring Will Smith or Tom Cruise where he wears two ties the same time probably but he's not wearing two ties he's wearing one is he wearing he's only wearing one. Oh, he's only wearing one those were bouncy i have to say though that's kind of a clever idea having plastic ties see i don't i don't, I don't really understand because i figured if for me a tie if, it, if the functionality is to look fancy but then also to wipe your mouth off when you're eating 
Oh, I never knew it was to wipe your mouth. But to me, it is. Oh, okay. Nah. To me, it makes sense that way. It's just it's just a status. It's, it's a napkin on your neck. It's like a bib when you're eating lobsters and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Well, see, now you can do that with a plastic tie, and you can just wipe it off. And see, all this stuff we should have by now. The power laces, the auto-fit jacket. Like, why not? We, I mean, like that's that's pretty cool, right? The auto-fitting jacket. Well, yeah, no, that would be one. That could be like one size fits all stuff. Be super, yeah. super. The hat's expensive. terrible. Why do they wear their pockets inside out? He said that all teenagers in the future do. does yeah, that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure what. Can, give me a justification for that. Um, we are people in the '60s, and we travel to the future to the early '90s. We're like, why are all these kids wearing their clothes backwards? Oh, because a musical group called Criss Cross did it. Okay, so you're saying so. Another thing you're saying is that a popular group did it. Why did trucker hats become famous again? Because was, of Ashton Kutcher. Because the whole time I was thinking of some socio-political, you know, no. sort of thing where it's a status symbol. Like I, I have no money, but I don't, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need your acknowledgement. You know. Mm. No, I don't think they're doing that, buddy. Oh, okay. I think it's just simple. I mean, that is that's majority of how fashion is: is somebody popular or famous does it, and then everybody wants to copy it. I think the real issue here is why they're leaving her in a dank alley. They leave her everywhere in this movie. Even in the future, there's rapists. They might have got rid of them. Probably at this point in time, they have an island. <laughs> and they call it the Deadliest Catch. The Deadliest Game. What's that book? The Deadliest Game? Deadliest Most Dangerous Game. game. Oh, dangerous Game, thank you. There's a TV show called Deadliest Catch. Thank you. That's what I think. They catch tuna. I'm not sure. On the high seas. Now, again, though, remember remember my remember my uh, story that I said last episode, and Brandon was like, oh, yeah, that's right. All, all this could not have happened because all they had to do was to stop Marty from racing Flea, which they end up doing it then in part three. But it's like we take too long to get to that point because that one moment in time is what screws up Marty's whole entire family is racing Flea and getting injured. So his son going to jail is just Doc Brown literally doing this as a moral thing, right? I mean, it's not doing anything to the family. He's just helping his son get out of jail now. That's all it's really doing. It's not It's not as... It's not as... Um, uh, oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, 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 it's not as a high stake as, oh, my mom and dad got a kiss because if they don't kiss, then we won't exist. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, oh, your son's going to be saved from jail or not. You know, it's like, it's not, the stakes are not high. That's true. It's very true. But you do, I mean, you're going to have diminishing returns like that uh, when you have a cash-in sequel. Yeah. Because they, they obviously didn't plan Back to the Future Part 2, Part 3, when they were, you know, when they were told to do them back-to-back. Or Zemeckis was like, I have a, I have two ideas I want to do. Let's do both of them, you know. And they never should have done either. Because he's, he's riding high off the success of Peter Rabbit. Or Roger Rabbit. Peter Rabbit just came out this weekend. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is what he comes. This is what comes after. Now the interesting thing was, uh, I was I was reading um, some stuff online before we did this episode, and w- one of the first ideas was Marty goes back to the '60s, and um, Lorraine, his mom, is a hippie. Okay. And of course, George is a square, and they have that conflict because that is when Marty. And, the, and uh, that's when Marty and the siblings were supposed to be born. So the original idea was Marty to go back there because George dodges the draft. Oh, yeah, we talked about this last time. Yeah. yeah. 
because we had this whole scenario where eventually Marty McFly would meet up with Michael J. Fox's character mm-hmm. from uh, the one movie, Casualties of War. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to go to Vietnam in place of his dad. Now, I have a question. Now, granted, this is the 80s. Okay, so granted, Marty is from 1985, and he's in 2015. 3D does exist. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. 3D movies exist in his reality. Mm-hmm. He's seen holograms. He's seen well, polygons and, and video games and stuff like that. Knowing that information, would you freak the fuck out like he did seeing that, that shark, quote, shark come out from the movie theater? Yeah, yeah, I would because I wouldn't know what it would do to me. Okay. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, it's not 3D, it's a, it's a huge hologram compared to what he's probably seen on TV or something. But it does, okay, that's, that, granted, but it, it doesn't look a real shark. No, it doesn't, but it's like, what's it going to do to me? Alright. Yeah, you know, I mean, could it do something to me? I don't know. Now, this is my favorite of all the diner scenes in any of the, in the, in, in the whole franchise. It's better than the 50s. It's better than the aerobics in the 80s. It's better than the tavern in the third movie. I love this cafe 80s um, vibe that's given up. And I just love the, uh, it's called Pepsi Perfect, which Pepsi did release in 2015, by the way, guys. Did they really? Yep. Huh. Couldn't, couldn't find one. The same bottle and everything. They were expen- uh, They were selling limited, like, I think it was like 50000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So people were buying them up and selling them on uh, eBay yeah. for money, which and is you, what people do. And you just twist the cap off. Okay, now this is interesting. This is Biff that we knew from the 50s, right? Yeah. He calls Griff his grandson. They don't even mention Biff's son. Hmm. So who is Biff's son, and why didn't he come to play later in the story or in the third movie? Well, Biff's son would be Marty's age, roughly. Unless unless Biff didn't have a kid until later in life because he's a raging fucking asshole. I don't know. I don't know. Because, Sometimes good things happen to bad people. But, but this is Biff from the 50s, and this is his grandson. That's why he says Gramps. Yeah. So... So, yeah, so you're right. So that means somebody's Biff's son would be 40, 50 years old at this point, but they never say anything about him. They never mention him. We don't know his name. We don't know anything about maybe, him. Maybe he died in a horrific car waxing accident, and they don't talk about him because it hurts too much. But they need to so we can have that loose thread. Right there is automatically the first big loose thread in this movie. You cannot introduce a grandchild without even mentioning, you know, the line before. Why not? The, the story doesn't require uh, Biff Jr. It's just weird to me. It's just not good. It's not as solid as the first movie was. By the way, I just want to mention this is Elijah Wood's first movie. Just, yeah, I, when when huh. uh, you know what I'm talking. Yeah, um, he's in the green. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elise freaked out when I pointed that out to her too. She's like, she, oh my god, I'm she, old. No, she was like, Frodo, he's so cute. <laughs> yeah. he, he he's about the size of Frodo at this point. Oh yeah, he's like seven, right there, eight maybe. What's the time? What's the time? Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. It just started, man. Thank you. Well, I need to need to take my. Oh, your addiction pill. Nicorette. <laughs> All right, and I don't understand this. I um, I get, I get it. It's a differentiation between Marty now and Marty his son. But why is it? Why does he have greasy hair and buck teeth like that? Because he's supposed to look like a loser. Oh, okay. Because Marty is supposed. Remember, Marty was so cool in the first movie, right? People thought he was cool. 
I thought he was just like cool to himself and his friends. That what that that's that's, that's you know that's what the, keep, the he's, he's cool. Quotes? Yeah, he's cool. Okay. Right? He's cool. He's not this. Right? He's not his son. So we don't know that he got injured in a car accident yet, Marty, Marty Senior. We don't know yet, right? So when we see him, this is the offspring of the guy who played a guitar and went through time. Like this, he's a loser. I get you. She grabbed his nuts. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I jerked it to her when I was a kid. Really? I'm just letting you know. She's barely in the movie. Uh, she's. I froze it when she was. Do you in. know her name? No. You I, didn't even bother to learn her name. Look do, up what other stuff she's in. Do we even care to know their their names? We just want them for once and move on. How how do you so search this, for them again? So this was your, this was one of your early jerk off movies. This was this was before Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> just that this that one thing I was like, man, this bitch is hot. I used to beat it to Basic Instinct. Yeah, well, I used to beat it to that fight scene from Back to the Future Part Two. Mm. <laughs> so, um, I think that's just why you know that he has this greasy look is because as an audience right now, first time seeing it, we don't know the history or what's going on in the past thirty years. So, seeing Marty's son to be this dweeb is supposed to be a shocker, disappointing. You know, Marty's son's supposed to be more badass than dad. Mm. But it does, it does set us up that he's a loser. Biff calls him a loser. Calls him a loser, but, you know, Biff's always called... Biff is the, the bad guy. He's yeah. a mean person. Yeah. I'll give you that. Oh, here's the chicken thing. That's not in the first one, as you pointed out. Yeah, and now this is just... Com- this is only seconds after the first movie's over with, and somehow he's just gotten to this chicken phase. It was never brought up. That is that is that That is bad writing again. Maybe he's mad because he wants people to, to see him as as a human, but they keep calling him a chicken. All right. It's like, uh, what's that? Elephant man, I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. Penguin said it, too. There you go. I like to go with the highbrow, Oscar-nominated version of that. <laughs> I think Batman Returns is great. I didn't say it was bad. I don't know why you're arguing me on this point. Should we have hoverboards? Should we have? I think we should. Well, they have the hoverboards, quote, hoverboards with the wheels, so they're not really hovering. But I don't know why they call them hoverboards. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, that'd be pretty cool to have a hoverboard. I, I probably would never ride one, because I had bad experiences on skateboards as a kid. Sure. I got road rash really bad a lot. But isn't that supposed to run on something? That's why they're not, I mean, like, there's supposed to be mags on the ground or something, right? I mean, how's that running? I don't know. And it looks like you would fall off of it easily. Yeah. Very, it looks very unsafe. Like the, uh, what's the toy right now that has, like, just two wheels and everyone's always busting their crack on it? Hoverboard. That's what they call it. That's, That's what, what they call it. Yeah. It's like a Segway without the handles. Yeah. Yeah, it's yep. a hoverboard. Hoverboard. Oh. They blow up all the time, too. Hmm. Hey, he's escaping the same way in the first movie. Is this, is this been here, done this, fellas? Is it, uh, they are not going in the right direction? I'm not having a good time right now? Well, no. See, I think it's I think it's interesting. It's not. I don't think it's as entertaining as the first one because doesn't feel it doesn't feel as fresh and as exciting. But it does have. It's it's one of those things where it's it's taking the old and putting a spin on it. So like we've seen this before, you know, this almost this exact same scene sequence and everything, where he's well escaping from Biff in the car. Where yeah. He's riding on the little wood plank thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just switching it up enough to where we can be like, hey. Check, I saw that in the first one. Check, I saw that in the first one. It's like when you're watching the superhero movies and you, you notice, like, you, you catch on an Easter egg they put in there. Gotcha. You know, like like when uh, in Avengers Age of Ultron, they talk about Wakanda. 
you're like, hey, I know that, Black Panther, you know? I did not know that. Oh, you're not? It's just like, it's like an Easter egg thing. So it's exciting from that standpoint, but... Gotcha. In and of itself, not really. What about your brother, Brandon? Are you bored right now with this? Or are you like, yeah, I've been there, done this, this is not interesting at all? Well, it's because I've seen the Back to the Future movie so much that I know where it's going. And so it's, it's, I don't know, I... This wasn't one I always... I, Back to the Future in general is not a series I went to all the time, to, gotcha. be, to be honest. Do you do you find the scene now to be like, oh my god, I've been here, let's move on, people. Been here as in what? Been here as, as what we just established with, with Best Friend Ryan about just the same exact scene of being chased, skateboard on the back of the car, Biff trying to hurt him, you know, it's just... I mean, they are clearly just doing a remake of the first movie right now. Well, no, they're doing familiarity right now. I mean... That's how it's it's like almost like a, it's a, I'm pretty sure it's like a common writing trope. What you do is you establish familiarity with your audience before you put them into something that they're not used to. Well, that's so blatantly right. I mean, like I mean, like good sequels hint on little things and then they move on. This is blatant. Just okay, let's throw this in here. You know what I mean? Like that's what it feels like to me. It's well, not it's not clever. I think it fits for the rest of the the, the theme. Well, not theme, but the visuals for the rest of the movie. Because when he goes back in the past, mm -hmm. that whole thing's already set up where it's the same, but it's going to be slightly different. Interesting. Okay. By the way, this 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 auto drying coasting will be great for the rain. I'm just <laughs> saying to people. I wonder how expensive it is. So do they do they go into how much inflation is in the, in 2015 compared to 85? No. Okay. Is this supposed to be Michael J. Fox? That's bad makeup. That's not even a real old guy. Somebody's in makeup. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing two ties. That's, I guess that's the first person we see. Everybody was freaking out because this almost happened. They won in 2016, so yeah. only, only a year off. It, it almost happened. By the way, a little, little fun fact here. There was no such team as the Miami... Uh, the Mi Florida Marlins. Yeah, but it, there, was no, there was no Florida or Miami Marlins before this movie came out. Hmm. Because the, uh, the Florida Marlins did not become an expansion team until 1993, 1994. Okay. So this was whole five years before that. So that was clever that they even said, oh, there's going to be a team in Miami. Now, okay, guys, you would do this, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Right. Absolutely. I would exploit a monetary gain as much as I could. Why? We, we kind of mentioned this on the last one. Like, uh, one of the things I would do is, I don't know, like, I you would know what movies. I would be more focused on what knowing what movies and what songs are popular in the 90s and try to make it as they're mine. Yeah. <laughs> So, so okay. So on that, brother, uh, brother Brandon, is Doc Brown's anger and getting pissed off at Marty forced to have the almanac justified? Do you think it's that big of a deal? Because he knows Marty's a good kid. It's not like it's going to get in the hands of Biff, right? So I mean, like, why not take it back and you win a couple million dollars, right? I mean, is that such a big deal? Well, I think. I think the reason why Doc gets mad is because with time travel, you always have, there's a slight chance of always messing up the timeline, even if you are going to exploit knowing what future events are. So, I'm saying? Like, so right now he is contradicting himself then? A little bit. It's almost like knowing your death. Like if you were, to, if I were to tell you, if you were to find out, oh, you are dying for certain on August 11th, there would be some part of you making sure that I'm not going to try and avoid everything on that August 11th when you're actually supposed to. By the way, if that happens, I'm going to kill you. It's it's like the time machine. Yeah. Like, you know, how he, you know, in the original story and in the movies, he goes back in time over and over to try and save his wife. Mm -hmm. But she's going to die multiple ways regardless. Interesting. 
So I have a question just now. USA Today is covering the actions of in Hill Valley. It's a Hill Valley time. edition. So, I'm, so is does that mean that are they saying in the future in 2015 that the USA Today has a monopoly on all newspapers? They have to because no way in hell USA Today will report this. Why would they, well, they? They have a special Hill Valley edition, as it said in the corner, the right hand corner had a little banner said Hill Valley edition. So they're saying that the news comes from one source yeah. in the future because even the cameras that were. Recording Biff being escorted, saying I was framed, I was I was set up. Those were USA Today cameras. So, so if the news is, is disseminated through one source and they have a monopoly, what do we know is true? Exactly. How does how does Doc know that that story is true? Because you're right. Because we have no other way of knowing. Because they don't show us anything else in the movie about any other news sources. So you're right. We don't know. But the question: How how does how does how does Doc Brown know it's true? Because I don't think he says that. I don't think he says he goes back to the t- the moment it happens. He uses the newspaper as evidence that it happened. He does. Yeah. Okay. By the way, hottest cops ever. <laughs> women cops. It's progressive. The women cops back in the eighties when this movie came out. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's how you, no. I'm saying like that's how you show progress. It's it's thirty years in the future. So now we have two female cops running the same beat. Gotcha. That's progress. It's progressive. No, I just, I just, going back though, I just, I really do feel that Doc Brown is contradicting himself because they, because this whole franchise is about, hey, something's bad's happening, so we need to fix this bad thing from happening. But then Marty just wants to get a couple million dollars on a couple of sports bets, and Doc Brown freaks out with this moral thing. Well, I think that the point i think the point of it cuz he explains later in the movie about the whole jutting off timeline and everything that little diagram he draws i think that he's saying about the chain reaction then unravel the the space time continuum destroy the entire universe i think i think what he's talking about is that even if you were to make a few million bucks there's no there's no guarantee that you're doing good things there's no guarantee your future is going to be better for having that money Right, and it's like, well, like I was explaining to you, like when I was saying earlier, there's some people believe that, here's another thing that's tricky with time travel, especially in storytelling, some people think that uh, the universe, for every single living creature, including us, there's a strict timeline already written. So, what if, you know, what if my path is to just to be, you know, a poor, middle-aged, you know, guy just, you know, working at a retail where all of a sudden I acquire a couple million dollars and change my whole perspective, my whole life, mm-hmm. that screws up the timeline. Interesting. I'm essentially creating almost like the multiverse. See what I'm saying? Like I'm creating a whole new different scenario with my life. Interesting. And okay. that could screw up other things. Like me being rich could probably screw up lives for someone else I don't even know. Yeah, because if he, if, he, if he gets millions of dollars, who's to say he, he you know stays with Shariah or meets Shariah? Right. You know? And then I don't have kids with Shariah. And then something happened, you know what I mean? It just... It's like that movie, The Box. Give a million dollars, somebody will die. It's like that movie, The Butterfly Effect. Mm, yeah. Uh, and, the, and that's one point out. In the first movie, he said that he was going to live here one day with her, uh, with, with Jennifer, he said. Because uh, it was just being built. In the third movie, they're going to say that, too. But... See, I'm, in, I'm, I'm more excited for the third movie because I think I've seen it maybe a total of two times. Yeah, I've seen that one the least. <laughs> But I just, um, why, why is it so bad? It's so crime ridden in this area. I mean, this, this was, when they were building in the first movie, and then they go buy it again in the third movie, it's supposed to be this nice, fancy, rich area, you know, suburban area. 
And now it's this become this rundown area. So is crime run rampant? I don't know. In in their their suburb, like their yeah. home, like the division that they yeah. live in. Yes, yes. This uh. is considered a bad neighborhood because because the because the lady cops when we were we were talking, but they were saying she lives in Hill whatever you know Hill Valley. No, no, not Hill Valley. Oh. Uh, the, it's Hilldale or whatever the name of oh, the division. Okay. She lives in Hilldale. Oh my God, that's this that's just a tough neighborhood. Oh, okay. So that's why I was shocked. Maybe they're it's, uh, they're trying to reference because in the eighties, like crime was on the rise. I guess I don't know. Michael J. Fox as his daughter. Yeah, he makes the ugliest woman I've ever seen. You would you would think so because he's a man. Well, I've seen men who like I don't look half bad dressed as women. I guess Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Number one right there. Um, so this is, this is, this is the point of the franchise when Michael J. Fox decides, hey, Eddie Murphy's successful, I can do this too. He's playing his mom, he plays his son, he plays the older Marty. He doesn't play his mom. That's his mom, not his mom. That's Thompson. Not his mom, he plays, um, his sister, he plays his son, and he plays himself. My fault. And he does, he pulls, he pulls double duty in the next one where he plays, uh, McFly the Irishman. He does. Seamus. Seamus McFly. So, we do know now as fans that, um, uh, shit. Crispin Glover is not in the rest of the franchise. He's not in this scene. He sued and won because they used his likeness and that old makeup on him right now is actually a mold of his face from the first movie. Does he have right to sue? Yes or no, guys? Yeah, he has right to sue because they're using. They're, they didn't pay him to use his likeness. They didn't pay him at all for this. Yeah, I know. So that yes, he has a right to sue because they're trying to make money. They're trying to profit off of him, without paying him for it. So he has he has a right to sue. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you guys agree that he did it? Oh yeah, most definitely. Don't don't let don't let the big companies walk all over you just because they can. Do you think that it tainted his career? Uh, probably because he wasn't really in anything as big as Back to the Future after this. I do want to interject here. Um, we saw Leia Thompson in her old lady makeup. Yeah. Let's let's uh, think. So 2015, she's in 1955. She's how old was she? 17, 18, somewhere. Let's we'll say say 17. 17. So she was born in 38. So she's seven. She's almost seven years old. So she's like 68, 67 years old. The character Lorraine. Mm-hmm. I saw. Uh, when I was exercising yesterday, uh, there's the show on the Food Network. It's like the Cake Wars, or not Cake Wars, it's like the Bake Off or something. They have celebrities, quote, celebrities, come in and they make a bunch of cupcakes. And it was, like, it was her versus Maria Menounos on the show. Leah Thompson? Yeah. I was surprised, too, because I did a double take. I was like, hey, she's still alive. And, uh, she don't look half bad, guys. No? She's gotta Does be look almost, like this? She's gotta be almost, almost 60, I would say. Yeah. And she looks... She looks pretty good. Yeah. She kept herself together. Now, the future food. This will be nice. The pizza and stuff. The TV is terrible, by the way. All those channels, nobody does that. Nobody even does picture-in-picture anymore. (laughs) What's been... uh, But hey, that's a flat-screen TV, like what we have now. Other than uh, the food in this movie, has there been any movie uh, where you think futuristically how something that's cool that's done with food that you you hope would have been done now? I'll give you an example. My favorite is, and still, is in Alien Resurrection with the liquor cubes. 
Yeah, those were cool. And how like he puts the liquor cube underneath like this laser, and the laser like hits the liquor cube, and it boom, and then it becomes like a simple shot glass, mm-hmm. like just enough to make a shot glass. I'm I'm gonna go with you on that one. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I don't got any examples I mm. can think of. I like to hydrate the pizza thing. Soylent green because it helps cut oh. down on population. True. Soylent green are people. Is people. Is people? That's what he says. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. I do like the hydrate the pizza. So, so Pizza Hut and Pepsi and Miller are definitely. So there's no fast food wars in this in this movie. No. Okay. So now. It's like a Demolition Man, where everything yeah. was yeah. everything was uh, Pizza Hut and mine, yeah. but Taco Bell and your guys' version. Yeah. So uh, Biff has never driven the time machine, and he somehow knows to go back. Yes, he has. He has. He knows how to work the computer and everything. He knows how to go back to where he needs to go. He knows he has to hit 88 miles an hour. He knows how to get back. He knows everything. All all that does is just make me miss the Universal ride. Yeah. At Universal Studios. Yep. Yeah. One best steal. Black and Decker, Hydrator. Level four. <laughs> that was probably what? Two seconds? Nice. Full pizza. One side pepperoni, one side green pepper and cheese. <laughs> I'm sure can hide. What are they? Okay, so what is Marty Jr. and the daughter wearing? Those are like phones over there. I would assume like virtual reality, right? Well, wait a minute, because cause if my memory serves me right, she says, Dad, it's needles on the phone. She has the glasses on. So it has to be a phone. A multifunctional phone? like uh, It has to be. Almost like Google Glasses. In a way, yeah, I think so. See, it says right there, phone. Dad, telephone, and needles. And he's watching Channel 57, and Marty Jr. is. Oh, okay, so he's watching. See, right there it says 57. You're right, Brent, uh, Ryan. So he was watching the TV through his. Oh. There's Flea. McFly. The double tie thing is a stupid fashion thing. It is. And I just now realized that's kind of like land of the, his, his ties look kind of like the Japanese flag a little bit. Mm. Um, mm. Not, okay, so kind of. It, it gives Japanese iconography, I do believe. Like land of the rising sun sort of thing. And his boss just happens to be Japanese. I think that's a little interesting foreshadow. Because he's an ass kisser, apparently, I would imagine. Oh, definitely a, definitely uh displays it here like having no spine i do think it's kind of strange that they they're writing it expecting us to know who needles is even though we've never met needles <laughs> he's like dad needles on the phone that's fine but then even in, and even cuts the cuts the elizabeth shoe she's like needles yeah At least they didn't go like racist and say McFry. <laughs> I would have I would have commended the balls if they had done that. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, uh, I don't mind Back to the Future as a franchise. But it, it's definitely even younger, and even now, it's it's still one I just 
I haven't fully got on the Back to the Future train. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it's it's heavily cherished, as it should be. It's a cultural icon, but I don't know, man. It, there's things about it that are cool, but overall, I'm just like, eh. I think, I think a lot of the love for the trilogy belongs to the first one. Yeah. Because if you ever talk to somebody about Back to the Future, they're always, the trilogies, the series as a whole, it's always about the first one, like how awesome the first one is. Because I think... I think the second one doesn't really have enough to sustain it because mm-hmm. it relies too heavily on you watching the first one. Right. Which I guess, I guess, if you want to point out, that's what sequels, like they're a continuation of the first story. But every every movie should be able to stand on its own, you know. Right. Um. Yeah, that's I like I I like these movies, but I'm not a huge fan of them. Right. Like when we watched the first one, that was the first time I'd watched it in probably over a decade. Yeah. Yeah, it's been. Doing this now with you guys, I, it's, I think, last time I watched this, <laughs> probably late teenagers. Though I do like, I mean, I like, I like the um, ideas in this one about changing the present and everything like that. Right. But I just think it's interesting from that standpoint, not necessarily like c- cinematically or, or watching a movie-wise, just the concept of it is interesting. But like, if you take everything from this movie as a whole... And compared to the first movie as a whole, I don't think, I don't think this one holds up. Like if if the first one was like this, yeah, where they're jumping back in time constantly, I don't think it would, I don't think we would have part two or part three. That's an interesting point. Yeah, because I think because this, I feel like these move at least the first one. I think it's a huge success because it relies on nostalgia. I don't remember if we talked about it in the last one in the right. first episode. But I think why it was such a success is because in the 80s, people were nostalgic for that time, the early, the early 60s and 50s. You could almost kind of compare it in the same sense of what happened with Jaws. Um, the same thing that you're saying, like where it's everything, the, the nostalgia and everything to the first movie, yet when you compare it to the remaining after, you know, it's, it's trying so hard to build off what the first movie did. But it'll never reach that quality because there is something I I totally especially with art, you know, regardless of the medium, there is I fully believe something called lightning in a bottle, and it doesn't strike twice. <laughs> now, that's how I feel with Back to the Future and Jaws. Like I, I think they should have just stayed one one and done. Yeah. Oh, definitely Jaws should have stayed one and done. I can understand wanting to continue Back to the Future because it does have potential because you can fucking go anywhere in time. Right. Uh, but Jaws, sh- there's only so much you can do with a shark. I just, I, man, I'm, I, time travel is cool as a concept, but writing-wise, there's just so many goddamn pitfalls. Yeah. And it just, it, it'll ruin a story if you're not, even if you're 100% on your game and trying to make sure every gap is filled, there's still always going to be a problem. And that's my only complaint with time travel, like, scenarios. My favorite part, my favorite, one of my favorite things in this movie is that they leave her there, um, but they don't really know that's her house. Like they like Marty knows that's where she lived back in his time, but, but when they learn everything's changed, yeah, they don't uh, they don't think like oh shit, that's probably not her house. <laughs> we left her at a stranger's house. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Like, it's... and they don't go rescue. They just fucking leave. They go back to 1955. I do think I do think one of the best uh, signs of a roving waste of a uh, a wasteland is uh, roving packs of dogs. 
Just wild dogs. That's how you know your town's gone to shit. Yeah. That and graffiti. Like, apparently, graffiti is another sign. Another sign of social decay. Oh, okay, so this this scene is where he goes into the house that he thinks is his. Turns out to be a black family's house mm-hmm. and stuff. But now I was thinking, um, this this takes place in California, probably near the coast, because okay. it's, it's hills and shit, um, in the 80s. In the 1980s, there were two, two serial killers active on the coast of California who would sneak in through windows. Okay. I wonder if that the scene, people watching this in the theater going, oh shit, <laughs> Marty's probably going to die. Who are the two killers, are you, are you aware? Uh, the um, uh, East Side Rapist. Okay. And then uh, Richard Ramirez. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah those two guys. Because they never caught the East Side Rapist. Right. Uh, there's, an, uh, there's an episode, Last Podcast on the Left, uh, which is a podcast that covers like not only supernatural things, but like especially serial killers. They do like full... Uh, episode uh, renditions of serial killers, and they they do a Ramirez one. It's interesting. I listen to this one podcast called Case Files. Okay. Um, where they do popular true crime stories. Um, it's an Australian podcast, but the, so they focus mostly on Australia. But sometimes they do American and European crime. Um, but they did a full five episodes on the East East uh, East Area Rapist. Hmm. And it's like a five hour series, like five <laughs> hours all together, just because he. Fucking, like, he raped, he attacked 50 women. Jeez. And he never got caught. And then he then he graduated to murder and he killed 12 people. And they were, they were able to link everything together. They just never caught him. Right. Yeah. Crazy. It's unlike the Zodiac, like, he was never cryptic. No, he, well, he would taunt people, yeah. but he never, um... He never called the police. He never fucked with the police. Interesting. He would, he would, um, he would taunt the people he was going to attack, or like an area in where he was going to attack. Right. And then he would attack and be gone. And they had task force. Like one of my, one of the craziest stories for that. And I know we're getting way off topic, and going <laughs> in depth here, but we're talking about wastelands and and we're about to get to the part where you know Biff is Donald Trump and all that stuff. So it, I feel like there's thematic similarities here. Um, the the police in the first county uh, he was attacking uh, women in um, noticed that he traveled north and then he would come back after a certain amount of time. Like the text, like they they didn't know for sure it was him, but they right. would. But the the MOs and the what happened during the attacks were similar enough to what they thought that it was him, and so they would warn people. They would warn counties and communities, and they went. They had a task force dedicated to him, and they went and talked to this county like 50 miles north of them and they said he's gonna come here like the the pattern he's put on so far you guys are next and the police is like no this is a nice suburb it's never gonna happen two weeks later he starts attacking people in that suburb and they still didn't catch him Jeez. now i always thought this was interesting when i was a kid how that wouldn't be better <laughs> Like, I get it, the clock tower is destroyed, right. the, the classic, the classic whatever, visual of the clock tower, and, and the, the central mall of Hill Valley downtown proper is gone, but that looks pretty badass. 
not gonna lie. Like, biker culture and sort of white trash stuff is, is in, and the casino, just that monolith looking at it, to me, as a kid, screams of fun. See, I... This was right, right around the time that I started watching these movies. I was uh, I was reading 1984, Brave New World, and I'm just... To me, it's... I love the, the very oppressive, dystopian, you know, sort of a feel it has to it. This is my favorite part of the whole second movie. Now, when did the... When you, you when you were Ryan, you were talking about uh, you know civilization deconstruction of like you know neighborhoods falling apart. Uh, what year did the L.A. riots take place? Nineteen ninety one. What the riots over? Uh, are you talking about the Watts riots, or are you talking about the Rodney, uh, King. Rodney King beating riots? Uh, I think that's ninety two around then. Okay. Ninety one, ninety two. They had they had the Watts riots in um, South Central Los Angeles in sixty nine, I do believe. Okay, I was thinking because that that area looked like like bombed out Italy after I was, the Watts riots. I wasn't quite sure when that took place, the one in the early 90s. I was wondering if maybe they were trying to, like, it was, this movie was modeling off of maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that didn't happen until... Until yeah, after. Yeah, after. It exists. This was 89. Yeah. I mean, so, they could have used the Watts riots, too. This is Trump, right? Oh, basically. Absolutely. This is definitely Trump's America? I do like in this one how, um, <laughs> He's even got the hair. I do like in this movie how they put in little clues for the next one, like little hints at the next one. I think that's pretty good. Like, that's fun. That's a, yeah. that's a fun thing if you know it's coming. Yeah. But we know about Mad Dog Biff Tannen. They said it just a second ago mm -hmm. in this documentary. This documentary is necessary so we know what happened. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the movie, later Amazing. on the Later on in the movie, um, he's in the hot tub with two women, and they're and they're watching uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, I yeah. believe. And uh, Clint Eastwood drops the metal plate, and that's that's, that's what happens in the next movie with Michael J. Fox. So why do you think after Biff killed George, that Lorraine just said, "All right, Biff, I'll marry you." Money, money. She, but she does she not give work. us that character, though. But she doesn't remember her remember her home life in the first movie. And actually, because we were talking about this in the first movie, how very, like, even then, like, it, it depicted her home life as, like, struggling. She really, like, um, oh, man, what's the word I'm looking for? We talked about it in the first movie. Yeah, and in, in, in the old 85, yeah, she was alcoholic. She was depressed. She was unhappy with her life. She was living in the past because she was hoping that George could be the guy who swept her off her feet at the prom. Or at the Enchantment Under the Sea. So, because I don't, I don't believe George ever became successful because Biff was always successful. Gotcha. Okay. All right, fine. That makes sense. That makes sense because she was a... Okay. So I retracted. Are we going to talk about the fake breast guys? Because I mean, They are really fake. They don't look real. Like the skin, <laughs> it looks like plastic. Uh... She's wearing a plate, like, you know. Well, yeah, she's wearing a chest like Ricardo Montalban in Wrath of Khan. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. But, like, okay, so you wake up from from a blackout, yeah. right? And and you know Lisa. Or what's your mom's name? Lisa. Lisa. That's what I thought. You, you know Lisa as what she looks like now. Yeah. Okay? You wake up, and all of a sudden she's real skinny, real in shape, right? And she's actually being nice to you. How do you react? 
Give me a gun, because this is not real. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, like, this is this is definitely Trump. Um, I think this is who Trump is. I just noticed the lackey in the back has on the 3D glasses. He does. Like he did in the 50s. He does. But they're fancy now. Yeah. He's got one red, one green. So, Marty McFly is still Marty McFly. This is the alternate 1985, but Biff sent him to uh, Switzerland. And he killed George in the 70s, married her, and he built a casino hotel above the... On the clock tower. On the, on the clock tower. So in this, so if, if Marty is off in Switzerland, that means him and uh, Elizabeth Shue, I can't remember her character's name, mm-hmm. they never meet, right? So No, they met. Oh, they met? Well, well yeah, because because he went to school, right? Well, well they did go on to no. school. He's off, well, no, he, Marty's off in Switzerland. He got did, sent to a boarding school in Switzerland. Did so he Did he say boarding school? Did he? Okay. Yeah, so okay. I'm assuming, because he said, did you get kicked out of that school again? Ah. Or did you get kicked out of another school or whatever? So that means that him and Elizabeth Shue, Marty and Elizabeth Shue, never met. Yes. So the problem's fixed. Everything's yeah. fine now. The problem in the future is done. His kid's not going to get arrested because yeah. it never happened. Because it never happened. He never had a kid. But now the 2015 future is completely altered because now Biff would have all the flying cars and all that. Yeah, stuff. like, but now your stepfather is filthy rich and he probably gives you money all the time. So, I mean, the trade-off is worth it, for me at least. Yeah, but then he beats the shit out of your mom and look at her. Well, if she's got giant whorish tits like that, it's kind of her fault. <laughs> is it her fault? She's like, you're the one that told me to get these things. <laughs> That's a joke. I don't. I don't support beating women unless they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. This is the most interesting. This is what the whole movie should have been, in my opinion. Go back to an alternate '85. I mean, I, I actually like this whole part more because part because the third act it just gets bad for me. The first act was fun. Okay, this one is the interesting act. Act three, when they go back to the 50s, it's just, oh, it drags for me. Hmm. Foreshadowing uh, Crispin Glover's career. <laughs> In the ground. That's nice. I will give uh, the guy who plays Biff. And I can't remember his name. It's like Tompkins or something, whatever his last name is. I will give him credit. He does. I think he's given a hard task in this movie because he has to play. He has to portray Biff as a young man, mm-hmm. as an old man, yep. as an old decrepit man. Yep. Then he has to play his grandson. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he gets the worst. Now now granted, he does swing for the fences with Griff, and it's kind of annoying, but I I think he does a good job. I think it's underrated. I think his performance in this movie is underrated. I think his performance in the little franchise is actually pretty decent. Who plays Beth? I'm trying. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up right now. It's like Tompkins or Wilson. I can't remember. And and we're going to find out here in a second, though, that Doc Brown has been committed to um, an insane asylum. Thomas Wilson. Thomas Wilson. Thomas Wilson is his name. He was in Freaks and Geeks. And there's this, what well, my favorite moment. Oh, that's right. The he's the PE coach. teacher. Yeah. Yep. My favorite moment in that entire series is the heart-to-heart he has with Martin in the car after, when he's dating Martin's mom. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I thought, like, just the most touching and beautiful scene in the whole TV series. It's incredibly well done. I want to. Bill. 
It's Bill's mom. Bill? Yeah. It's played by Martin Starr. So. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Biff doesn't know Doc Brown at all. He never met him in the, in the first movie. So, how would he... I mean, like, I'm, I'm thinking that... Old Biff explains it to him. Well, he's well. When Marty comes and talks to him about the the almanac, yeah, he says that I, my my distant relative warned me about. He said that a young boy and an old man will come asking about the book. Oh. Okay. And so he told him. So yeah. So he. So the old man knows who it is. So he tells him to lock. You know, all stuff. He figures it out. But I will, I will agree at this point. I am not as interested into the movie as I was into the first one. Yeah, no. I mean, like, yeah. Right now, this movie's dragging on. It's, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's the, it's the sequel out of the trilogy, right? So that means this has to be the darker one, right? I mean, that's what they have to well, do. I, I like, yeah, I, I like what that. you said earlier about. I wish you said, or Jordan, you said earlier about wishing the movie would have just bounced around a lot. Yeah. I kind of agree in this sentiment. If you're going to introduce alternate timelines like i would want you as a movie then to almost be essentially going through six seven different timelines that are failing hmm. and but you as a character are learning from each one you know what i mean like they're deducing all of the problems now mm -hmm. in just one alternate timeline i think it'd be much more interesting if they were deducing everything in multiple timelines yeah no yeah i agree because because if you're going to go big because best friend ryan said that this movie was not planned and this was a cash grab. Yeah. So if you're going to film part two and part three back to back, and if you're going to go big in two, because I think we can agree that this is the biggest um, but if ambition. You, here's the thing, though, too, though. If if this movie were to do multiple timelines, would there be need for a third movie? Because one of those multiple timelines would have been a Western setting you could have done. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have done, but I guess what I'm... To add on that more... If you're going to go big, if you're going to go camp, if you're going to go ridiculous, then yeah, do multiple timelines, but have each timeline be 50 minutes a piece or something like that. Don't. Well, that's don't, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's why you would do six or seven. Like, yeah. it's each one is almost like a short film. Not each, each one is a short film based on that timeline. Mm -hmm. But what you're doing overall as a character arc is they're learning their mistakes yeah. and learning the situation as they're moving through, as they're moving forward. Yeah. And do we really need to have Biff as the villain again? I mean, like, does this does this Marty's whole existence have to have with Biff as the villain, or or do we do we even have to have Biff in this movie? Well, I think Biff is such an integral part of Hill Valley, like that sort of that concept of that character. Uh, it's Hill Valley um, that he has to be there. By the way, the name Hill Valley is kind of weird too. Well, it's just a valley and a hill. Everything kind of flows <laughs> down. And it makes sense yeah. to me. It's like Neo without Agent Smith. There you go. Yeah. Everyone needs a Joker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the um, have have you guys read the uh, it's the class it's the most like most essential story you have to read in college the uh, hero of a thousand faces by Joseph Campbell. Yeah. It pretty much depicts like he breaks down every story's hero's arc like the beginning, their their tribulation. Are you all arc. talking about the journey, the hero's journey? Right. Okay. Yeah, this is this is definitely going to be a wink, wink, nod, nod to the third and final movie in the franchise. Because he wears the same, uh, whatever that's. Who would uh, who would be the ugly? Do you think would that be Doc? I don't know. It would have to be, I guess. But see, the ugly and good and the bad, the ugly. He's neither good nor bad. Whereas Doc, I would assume, is primarily good. Mm, yeah. 
So he's cheating. Who cares? It's it's clearly now that we know that Trump has cheated and Melania doesn't give a fuck. Same thing going on with uh, Marty's mom. She knows that he's cheating. Where's Marty's mom? We don't know. We won't see her again in this scene. It's like I, I mean, like it's it's interesting. They just they just they just waste it. Waste what? They just they just waste this idea of a story. Let's go to a dark 1985 where Biff is Trump and everything is terrible and dark and bad. Let's explore more. Let's have a good, solid story. But they don't do that. As I was watching this the other uh, last week. Oh, you are preparing for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I rewatched it so that way I, I, I don't, I'm not sitting here getting wrapped up in the movie. trying mm-hmm. to, I, And then I can think of stuff to talk about yeah, sure. um, while we're watching it. But I was sitting there thinking as, when he walks in the on, on just that scene where Biff's in the hot tub with the two topless women. I was thinking that the movie would be actually, like, it would deepen the character of Biff more if he was snorting cocaine off their tits. Or off their asses. Um, even I'm pretty sure back then you can get away with PG-13 with that. So I feel like it would fit the tone better than him just, you know, slushing around a, a, a cup yeah. of scotch, you know? Because clearly he's doing cocaine. And by the way, Scarface is one of my 100 favorite movies of all time. And his office is definitely Scarface. Office. I was going to say, if you see all that leopard and tiger print, yeah. and he's not doing cocaine... Yeah. <laughs> The world doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't, yeah. The only reason you have that much animal print on your furniture is because you do cocaine. Yeah, because you're high on cocaine. You think it's a good idea at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just, just like the, now, okay, this is another thing that's interesting. He was told by his relative, which is old Biff that went back to the 50s, uh, that this is going to happen. Why would Biff literally do this? This is this is this the classic villain trope, right? Yeah, I never. He, I, I don't understand why he tells him the whole story. He tells him the why whole goddamn. Where's the safe and everything? No, I I get in context of the movie, but in the context of a rea- reality yeah. story, no, just fucking cap that bitch. No, now why can't the whole movie literally be this? Go back to the alternate reality, right? And let not why not it be a heist movie? Why not get Marty and some of his friends that we only knew the pinheads from the from the first movie or something, right? Why don't we get some heroes joining Marty to steal the almanac? And then they steal the almanac and then end of movie. I mean like make it a heist movie. Because he just told Marty where everything is. So now in typical story fashion, Marty would go back and plan his big heist, right? Make it Ocean's Eleven? I don't think no offense to the character of Marty. I don't think his intuition is that great. All right, fair enough. I don't think he would pull something off like that. Okay, fair He's enough. He's no Danny Ocean. All right. Put it to you that way. He's not smart enough to know that Biff has a gun. This is stupid. Oldest trick in the book. <laughs> Why does he hate Marty so much, though? Because he reminds him of George McFly, the guy he lost to. Mm. Like, he may be the wealthiest man in the country. Yeah. But he's still the guy who got punked out by the fucking nerd George McFly. And he still does not remember that in, when he was 17 years old that this guy played guitar, Johnny Be <laughs> at the dance, right? He does not say that. I mean, they, I mean th- since this is all to reality, he should have said that, right? Yeah. I mean, why not? Go big. Go camp, Cause right? He already, yeah, because he already... Because when... Um, when Griff was chasing Marty around the the plaza there downtown at Hill Valley Central, yeah, uh, he said this looks awful familiar. Yes. So he obviously remembers stuff from that era. Yes. He that's a good fucking point, Jordan. Thank you. 
You should do. Bob Gale needs to get his shit together. You should do a, a a coffee table companion book on Back to the Future and its deconstruction. You know why I thought of this though? Because I watched a really really good time movie, a a, a good stupid time movie, and then I watched its sequel. All in the span of a couple days, I watched Hot Tub Time Machine one and two. Okay. And the reason why I that I really love Hot Tub Time Machine one, not one of the re- but like just just a good little nod is that the audience sees them as the older guys in the 40s and 50s, but the characters see them as their younger selves, right? Hmm. That's just, they, 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 they nip them in the butt right then and there. You know what I mean? So why couldn't they have said something where, hey, uh, Marty doesn't look like, we see Marty as we see Marty, but the other characters see Marty as somebody else. You know what hmm. I mean? Yeah. Be- I mean, that would have made it so much cleaner. Right? It's not going to make it cleaner to the point where it's going to have more questions, but it's going to stop Biff from 85 saying, Hey, didn't I see you in 1955? You know? Right. Weren't you? Weren't you? Didn't you make me run my car into a bunch of manure? See, that that's but, the problem with time travel. But if he went back to 55, Marty never existed in that time, so he wouldn't. Uh, based on that that sort of concept, because... They, they, in Hot Tub Time Machine, they're, they're the, their younger selves in yeah. that year. Yeah. So Marty doesn't exist in that year. Yeah, true. Uh, true, but it's like the fact that, that, that we as the audience see them as something, but the other characters see them as something else. That's easier. That's, but the, he, do, he doesn't, he doesn't remember Marty with the manure because this is a whole different timeline. No, this is the same timeline. It's just an alternate because everything that happened in the first movie happened. But because, because Marty, uh, because, because we're going to see it here. Marty uh, sees himself in the car with Lorraine. Uh, yeah, he, Marty sees in this movie, he sees George punch Biff out. Biff just had the almanac. So after the Enchantment of the Sea dance is when Biff gets his, re- gets his revenge on George. Well, no, he's, go- world- he's going back to... <laughs> Goddamn time travel. Okay, we're on this timeline. Mm-hmm. Going back to 55, you're almost... Here's what's happening. You're it's almost like a reset button. Every time you're going back to 55, you're you're hitting the reset button and whatever decision you make in 55 alters a new timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, well, the thing is, okay, so that that the events in that year or that day at the that dance yeah. happen. Always happen. Right. Because the almanac doesn't take effect until Biff is 21 because he's not allowed to gamble until he's 21. Right. And he builds his wealth off of that racetrack bet. So that so George always punches him in the face. He always gets the girl, and he always marries her. Okay. Like I, I, I that's that's the constant that everything. So everything in the around. first movie is now set in stone. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's why Marty sees himself, and that's why Doc Brown sees himself. Because what we just saw is okay. But see, yeah. now here's the thing, though. Like him going back to fifty-five. Yeah. I, I know the movie doesn't touch base on this a little bit, but even just him going back in this movie. He's not. He's not going. He's not taking every single step and every single action he did in the first movie. Well, there's two of him in the past. There's two of them. Now. There's two of them in the past. That's right. I forgot about that. There's, there's two Browns and there's two Martys. Right, and you can't interact with yourself because no. then that it creates like a, almost like a like an implosion of reality. Mm-hmm. Like both of you are gonna yeah. go mad. So, so what you saw in the alternate eighty five. The first movie still canon at that point. Okay. That happened. Uh, but Doc Brown's been everywhere, clearly. Mm-hmm. Jeez. You know what? This sounds a little morbid. It does sound a little morbid. 
And I do apologize to people if I offend, which I don't think I would anymore. But if I had a flying DeLorean car, you know, a time machine, I would I would fly. Um, and don't save anybody because you can't because of time, you know. But I would actually fly as high as I can so people won't suspect and watch the sinking of the Titanic. I'm just saying. Because the movie, you would be like, you would be comparing it. Because you would have your portable DVD player and you'd be playing the scene from the movie where the boat's going in the water. The reason would be like, wow, you wouldn't, you neat. Wouldn't. James Cameron was right. <laughs> What's well, the, the reason why I said this? Because I just watched a documentary yesterday. It was called the uh, it was called uh, the Unsinking of the Titanic. It's on YouTube. It's an hour long doc, and they digitally remove the the wreckage out of water so they can examine it. You know. And they saw these old blueprints and stuff. And one of the reasons why that new evidence just a couple of years ago they just discovered is that where the where the ship hit of the iceberg, there actually was a fire at that point before the ship even set sail. But but everybody kind of just pushed it off to side because they wanted to set sail, and that's why it got so weak. And that's why the iceberg and everything else happened. So you wouldn't want to intervene at all and be like, well, hey guys, no. I, I can't. I can't because I'm altering time. That's, that's your excuse. Yeah, I'm not going to... I can't, right? Because 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 if I save this person or if I let this person die, then, then you, I'm, you I mean, know what I mean? Yeah, you make a good point. But, I mean, the same thing could be said. Like, why why go back to Titan? Why not... If you're going to take a chance on anything, why not assassinate Hitler? Why not warn JFK? Because I just want... I, I don't know. I do. I mean, I would, I would definitely sit on the grassy knoll and watch. God, not, and not and not clean my rifle that I had. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Here's yeah. the thing. I, a little off track, I know, but if JFK would have not been assassinated, yeah, I almost guarantee our not only would our society be much richer and be much more profound, our space program would be way. We'd be we'd be doing th- things with our space program. Because that's the one number one thing JFK loved the most was our space program and how to pro- how to progress us further into into a space program technology. That'd be an interesting thought to see. We'd probably yeah, already be on Mars. Probably. So we knew that Biff was a little bit of a hornball in the first movie, but now he's looking up skirts. And this this guy. He's the he's the he's the classic example of hashtag times up. Yeah, because because this guy is definitely hashtag me too. He's he's done. <laughs> This guy, this guy puts Harvey Weinstein to shame. But yeah, that's his society. That's what he grew up with. So it's okay. It's yes, a, it's okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's what the world was when he was younger. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yes. I do think it's. I do think it's strange how nobody stops a very obvious rapist. Like he, he is in a public place. This woman obviously is yelling at him. Wants nothing to do with him. Kicks him. And he's still fucking hugging her. Yeah. And her best friend's just standing there, not going, help, help, you know. Yeah. And he's screaming in the middle of the street, I'm going to marry you someday. One day you'll be my wife. And she's running and everybody's like, okay. And she does marry him. She does. In a timeline, she does marry him. No big can start that car about me. No big can start this car about me. Get this car out of here. It ain't belonging here. We also didn't know this from Biff, uh, from Biff in the first movie. I guess a little bit extra character development. He lives with his grandma, and she's a nasty old hag. 
which I think is a good, good actual character development right there. Because we get to know more about Biff and why he's such a prick. His home life is, is, yeah. is crumbled. Yeah. So you gotta take the pain out on somebody else. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah. I mean. Most of the managers I've ever had are have probably had some some terrible childhood. God, jeez. Sports Almanac from, what, 50 to 2,000? Oh, God. What I would not do. I would do so many things. I know, you can do the, what, the Mike Tyson-Buster Douglas fight? Mm -hmm. I would also say that uh, I believe that Mike Tyson will bite Holyfield's ear off in the second round. You can't get that specific. You know how much money you can make off of the Miracle on Ice? Just on that bet. Oh, probably oh, at least ten mil. Oh, clean. I would. I would imagine. Remember that brother brand miracle on ice? Oh yeah. The U.S. versus Russia. Yeah. Yep. He just can't bet until he's twenty-one. Okay, so another stupid question, right? Biff is seventeen in this movie. He's a senior in high school. Why would Biff see? Why would old Biff travel back to this point in time? Just for the sake of easy storytelling, why couldn't he go back a day before his birthday so he doesn't sit here and wait for four or five years until he can freaking bet? Well, Doc Brown explains later that this must be the center of all of it. So this this date is a fixed point in time where these events happen. There's no alter, There's no altering these moments. So he can't he can't go back. He go, he can't alter anything before then. He can only alter after it. Okay, I just, I just, why doesn't he just wait till he's, you know? The date has cosmic significance. Okay. Again, it works for the storytelling. Yeah. But that's why. Okay, alright, Because Fine. it's it's like we talked about uh, uh, last time about Rubber, when they had the big speech about why is this that. Because. Because. Okay. Because. Alright, It Fine. makes sense. It works for him. I just, that's it, why. it's just, okay, so now let's just go to the reality point of it, right? You're 17 years old. You're not going to keep things generally as sacred as you would when you're an older adult, right? I mean, things are a dime a dozen, right? I mean, I'm just thinking Biff at 17 would not would not believe, A, or then also, B, would not even keep this in a good condition. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't it's, know that the, the, the UCLA results would have been just proof enough for me to be like, okay, let me just ride out life a little bit for another four years, and then I can... But a lot happens in four. I mean, you lose shit, right? I mean, like you put it in your grandma's garage, you go to college, you come back, you, you go to war. You mean to sit there and tell me you wouldn't cherish that thing like it was a fucking organ? I'm just, it's, it, it happens. Well, now imagine, okay, well, imagine it from this perspective. So, the UCLA, the UCLA game, he's like, okay, whatever, it's a joke, it's a trick book. And then later in the movie, um, he hears the other game that's on the radio, and he gets the score for that. He's like, oh shit, this has some... Uh, has some merit to it, and then throughout that whole sequence or the whole events of that night, you have this random stranger trying to steal it from you the whole night. That looks just like the guy that is at the Enchantment Under Sea, Dance Point, and Johnny Be Good. Exactly. So <laughs> the fact that somebody has been trying to steal it from you, I guess, would means... lead significance to it. Would right. lend significance to it. Fair enough. More so than just it's some joke book. Okay. Some, it's something that you would hold on to for okay. a couple years. Especially if you're following it until your 21st birthday. Yeah. 
I did not know that you had to be 21 back in the 50s to gamble. I thought that I'm was pretty a, sure. I, well, I'm you pretty still sure have that's to be now, right? No, you now, but I'm saying back in the. I mean, oh. there was there was no drinking age. Oh, right. You, right, you right, didn't right. have to be 21 to buy beer. You had to be 18. Yeah, 18. 18. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do. Mean, well, I think I think it states that on his 21st birthday. So I think that's why. Yeah, you know, you don't have to, I know that's why that's why it is. I'm just saying I don't know if that was the law back then. Probably. By the way, these little small walkie-talkies would not work that far of a distance. How is he not hearing them? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I... There is a terrible blue screen shot here. Okay. Uh, the audience can... Well, the audience is watching along, hopefully. This is when... Uh, 1985 Doc Brown runs into 1955 Doc Brown, and they're standing side by side by that um, by that uh, light pole there, and he hands him a wrench. Watch the hand motion; it is ungodly terrible. It's laugh out loud. Okay, just for the future coming up. That's, um, the, that's the thing with 1080p. You're starting to see all the nasty secrets of these movies. <laughs> I'm going to hand you my cup, right? You grab my cup. See how this is a fluid motion? Yeah. This is how it is in the shot. And you're always going to see this is how it is in the shot. Hmm. It's beautiful. So, um, okay, so we established that, you know, that, that, that I guess November 5th, 1955, this is a big part in time because this is when uh, young Doc Brown uh, figures out the flux capacitor for the time machine. That's why. For some reason, old Biff has to go back to this time. He cannot wait until young Biff is 21, which is ridiculous. Now this, going back to 55 was a stupid decision, right? We can all agree on this. It was, I do believe it was impulsive. Yeah. I do believe they could have come up with a better solution. Yeah. Uh, all right, so here's the wrench scene. I just want the audience to see and you guys to see. I don't think clean it up in this cut or not, but in older cuts, just watch the hand. Oh, because that's not his hand. Yeah, do you see that? That's not his hand. Did you see that? Yeah. was bad. I think it works, though. They don't focus on it. Like, the camera doesn't focus on no, it. No, but it was it was there. But it does. I mean, you could also play it off as he's not looking at him, so he doesn't know where he is. Of course. Too. It was there, though, right? But I that's mean, not... that. The hand coming out wasn't a blue screen effect. No. It wasn't, it wasn't a digital effect. No? No, that's a... That is... They have that side of the post blocked yeah. off. Wow. Okay? That's a different... They're, they expose that differently. So that's somebody else standing behind something or standing there behind yeah. the post just lifting their hand up. Mm. And they just timed it with, with uh, Christopher Lloyd doing the same thing. Okay. Movie magic. Yep. The magic of editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay, guys. I'm, I'm, it, it, it's going to get to that point here because Biff... At, at the point of this movie, Biff will see 55 Marty, and he will see 85 Marty at the same time for a split second. I just I just don't understand, because where's Marty at this point? Marty's in the car with Lorraine right now, right? I just, ugh, it's crazy. I don't like this part. It just, it's just, going back to the 50s is stupid. The 60s was an interesting idea. Marty in Vietnam. That's interesting. Does anybody find it crazy that this guy is wearing a fedora hat and black leather jacket in a dance? Or is it just me? No? I guess it's you. Okay, the guy looks like Peter Herman. I know, that was my first. I was going to say that. Did you? I was, I was trying to make sure what color the uh, light, or the, <laughs> what color the bow tie was. 
Ooh la la. Don't you wish porn magazines were cold? Spiking the punch. Back when looking at a nice clean ankle got you off. Oh my god, don't even talk to me about ankles. <laughs> Jeez. I think the reason why that we get too critical on this movie is because the first one... I mean, the first one, of course, does have its flaws, but the first movie, like we said before, generally is Storytelling 101. It's a very, very good story. Well, and also, it something that this movie kind of it tries to do but struggles where the first one succeeds is the classic three-act structure. Mm -hmm. This just goes all over the place. Characters run into each other. It's It's not good. It's disappointing. It's an I I I don't I wouldn't say it's not good. I th I don't know. I, whenever I have seen this before, I've never been disappointed in watching it. You haven't been disappointed, especially when they go back in the fifties here. I mean, this is this is definitely the weakest I think out of the three acts. I do feel like this one drags on. Like the ending just won't happen. Yeah, it this feels is like to this me. is definitely Return of the King of, of the trilogy. Yeah, don't you bring in Lord of the Rings in this? Don't you dare. Mm. That's sacred. That's that's like a kid in a wheelchair. It's off limits. Okay. I feel like Marty would have broken his ankle right there. Yeah. Those are those are very wet steps. His he's... plan is terrible. By the way, why are they wet? It hasn't rained yet. It's not raining for a few more. Why is he hiding a nudie mag? Is that not allowed? Well, yeah, he's at school. He's at a school function. I had nudie mags in school. What, you would have gotten him confiscated if you were yeah, caught? Yeah, you're right. And plus, in the 50s, this is worse. Yeah, ooh la la. And that's what he's looking at. He's looking at... Now, is your guys as a principal that physical with you? Oh, God, no. That's illegal. Okay. I think that's just this time era, yeah. Although, I do remember a time. It never happened to me. I do remember a time. I think as late as second grade, the town that I lived in, which, remind you, is heavily redneck, very uh, Republican. Spanking was allowed up to second grade for me. Oh, from teachers? Yeah. Oh, wow. Still share spanking nowadays. All those little brats need to be a good spanking. Goddamn. No, I'm sorry, not from the teachers. It had to be the principal or the assistant principal. Oh wow. Yeah. That's it, still, I mean, spanking from people that aren't your parents is they, aggressive. They they still had to make sure to call first, but if the parent gave the consent, uh, then the uh, the principal or vice principal could could give you a, a whooping. Yeah. That's what they need. These damn millennials are destroying the country. <laughs> because we are the ones in positions of power. <laughs> yeah. Story as old as time. Goddamn millennials. Song as old as rhyme. <laughs> They're ruining this country. Huh, that's funny. Strickland makes the same face when I drink whiskey. Throw <laughs> 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 no, the burn. You know, you know. My wife said that when I when I uh, when I make that face like Strickland does when I drink whiskey. She's like, you know, that's probably not good. I said, what do you mean? She goes, I don't think it's supposed to burn i'm like it's supposed to she goes yeah but it's probably it's way of telling you don't drink me put this into your car i am poisoned yeah. <laughs> that's what it's telling you but it's so good 
Why does it burn? Off subject. Any idea? Uh, probably just the spices they put in it. Is that what you think it is? Stuff they brew it with, I'd imagine. Well, I mean, because the alcohol is only gonna is not gonna make it spicier. It's not gonna make it bitter mm-hmm. unless it's like a high kind of like a high volume. Um, if that's like this is eighty proof, forty percent. So for I would say anything anything above a hundred, hundred ten percent moonshine. Hundred proof, sorry, yeah. It's like Everclear. I don't know if you guys ever had Everclear. Yeah, it's almost pure <laughs> grain alcohol. Yeah. That is that's hard to even swallow. It's yeah. not good for your engine, but the engine can run on Everclear. Yes. Yeah. It's like that scene. You guys ever seen the movie Lawless? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, there's a scene yep. where Shia LaBeouf and Dana Hayne are trying to get away from these guys chasing them, so they put the moonshine in the gas tank yep. and the car drives away. So Marty getting his hand trapped was a bad gag. Um, they showed breast, but they did not show nipple. What is that? Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> it's because uh, this is a kid. This is a family film, sir. No, I'm I'm serious though, and I'm not. I'm just asking the stupid question. We can move on. Why do people in America not like the lady nipples? We sexualize breasts to such to, to such a degree. What is that? Sec- well, they are sexual. I no, mean, but I'm saying we've like as a public we've sexualized sexualized them to such a degree. Right. That's a discussion that's. You can go on for hours about why nudity is not allowed, but you can show someone getting riddled with thousands of bullets, and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I never understood how if you say fuck more than three times in a movie, it's rated R. But you can have a movie where 100 people get murdered, Yeah. and it's PG-13. Because there's no cursing. Right. It it doesn't make any (laughs) sense to me. Violence is definitely okay the moment you start getting any kind of arousal. Oh, boy. Well, this movie's PG. Do you think this movie should be PG-13? This movie's PG. I thought this one was PG-13. I could have... I know the first one's PG. This one could be PG-13, then. But I, I swear this is PG. I think the whole trilogy's PG, but I could be totally wrong. Yeah, I might be wrong. I, I, I just... I could have sworn this one was... Uh, no, not Crispin Glover. Are you okay? That's the scene strictly from the first movie. That's another reason why the Crispin Glover sued, too. Was because they they were used footage from the first movie without his permission too, and you know. And I was a stunt double there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he just stole that guy's wallet. Whoa! He just stole that man's pizzas. Like this is rated PG. Does this PG? They curse a lot for. A Does PG this deserve film. for a 1989 film? Should this be PG-13? Probably, since already Temple of Doom set the standard for PG-13. What was think... Temple of Doom? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't 84. Know. Oh, 84. Okay. Yeah. 84. So I would assume, I if, if Temple of Doom set the standard for PG-13, you would think by now they would start utilizing that rating a little bit more. What would have caused this to be PG-13 right now? I would, the cursing. The, There's uh, a lot of cursing in this. But, right. they, but they don't say fuck. They don't, but they say shit, damn, a bunch of times. Not right. only that, like the substance abuse. Yeah. Even with alcohol, it's a substance abuse. He always does that, what's that, and then gets away somehow. They've done the chicken thing a few times. Now, right here, they're introducing the third movie with Doc hitting that and, and then Time Circus to January 1st, 1885. Ah. That was shoehorn in, I think. So Marty's fucking up right now. Oh, that's right. Uh, best friend of mine likes doo-wop, so he's having a good time right now. Hey, that's a vice, man. 
I'm actually a huge fan of the uh, music from the 20s and 30s. But I wonder why your life loves you. That was a nice, gentle touch. Oh, yeah, I give uh, very nice massages. Can you hold me at night one time? No. no. Wow, I, I want to uh, be snuggled by you. That's... That was amazing. Have him touch your shoulder. It is the greatest thing. I've... Wow. See, my wife has eczema, so her hands are like sandpaper. It sucks. Uh, she doesn't use lotion? Oh, she does. It still sucks. Oh. This is the second ending. I do think that this is something they could have not done. This is a scene they could have cut out this whole scene yeah, right they here. Yeah. But they wanted to bring back Johnny Be Good for some because because it was a really cool scene from the first movie, right? It's uh, one of the memorable scenes people mm -hmm. people remember. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, a lot of shows will usually reference the uh, Melvin Barry. Joke. Do you think they would have been so referential, if that's a word, if they did not wait five years or four years, five, four years in between one and two and three? I mean, like like the first one came out in 85. What if the second one came out in 87? Would they have be so, hey, remember we did this in the first movie? You know what I mean? No, I think if they were, if, if they, if they came out that quick, that means, that means they had an idea. And I feel like it wouldn't have gone this direction. Okay. Uh, I, which I, would which would have been probably a better direction. This this movie feels more like an like, I mean it's not. Okay, so this to me this one feels more of an eighties sequel. Like it's something to capitalize on maybe toy sales and popularity with children, mm. popularity with families. Um, but again, back in the eighties they had darker shit for families too. Because like, there's movies that are rated PG that show man ass. I've seen <laughs> Jaws was seventy five. Yeah, that was PG. No, that was PG, but that was before PG thirteen mm. existed. That could have been R. I mean, they had a guy getting bitten in half. I thought it was R for the longest time. What's funny about that is when I worked at Movie Gallery, we had to associate still, even in the 21st century, we had to associate our movies with what the rating was. So I had to, every time some, every time I had to like reshelf movies and, and, and uh, condition them, Jaws was always in the same section as Disney movies. So Jaws would be somewhere in the vicinity of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, God. <laughs> a guy gets dragged, spitting blood through the water. A little boy gets ate, and a guy gets bit in half. The opening scene of that movie, a naked woman runs into the water. You gets, see boob and bush. Yeah, and gets killed by a shark. Yeah. They didn't shave in the 70s. You oh, see trust it. me. I, my manager at the time, I told her about this. She was like, we have to go by rating. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway. So even in 2009, Jaws was... Right there next to the renaissance of Disney. Best friend Ryan, you're correct. This whole scene is useless. They need to get... This is stupid. Well, I mean, we did not need to know that 1955 Marty was playing Johnny B. Good why the three thugs were going to try to hurt him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's. I do think... I also think it's a mistake to keep this scene in the movie because it, it puts uh, Michael J. Fox 85 versus My, uh, Michael J. Fox... 89 and he is noticeably older yeah like he doesn't he's supposed to be minutes older yeah. in, right. in this rally but he looks like he's aged the 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 time that's passed absolutely and now this is the part where we do actually see uh biff notices marty 55 
Marty 85. And this scene here coming up, which he just does a quick glance. I don't understand. Do they think that Marty is the designer Calvin Klein? I, I don't know. Oh, when they get older? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of, con- lot of inconsistencies you're pointing out. Yeah. Again, why? This is not a character development. Well, all our heroes need to be flawed in some but way. But they didn't introduce that in the first movie at all. It's not good writing to introduce something that is it just have them be flawed about something else. But this chicken thing, it see quick glance. No, okay, oh, oh, oh. that's my problem with this whole movie. Wouldn't you, at that point in time, go, wait, wouldn't you stop and not try to kill the guy? And go, wait, 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 wait. If I see twins nowadays, I freak out. What the fuck? This is bad. This is really bad. God. But it also happens, I don't know, it, it also happens so quick. I don't know if it. Had, I don't know if he himself has time to fully register. You I, know what I mean? Maybe it'd be different if like it'd be different. Okay, you're Biff, right? Yeah, I yeah. know the audience can't see this. Yeah. You're Biff. I'm the second Marty coming out. Mm-hmm. I bust out of the door. <gasps> we both lock eyes, mm-hmm. and then I run. You know what I mean? That'd be different. Yeah, you're right. I just bad writing. I mean, yeah, I'm not justifying it. So this is the third ending. (laughs) And uh, they're trying to get the sports almanac back from Biff because he stole it after he saw Twin Marty. And the almanac is... The guy just stole your book, so you grab it and you throw it in the back seat of your convertible. Yeah. The wind is not going to matter at all, right? Fuck the wind. Wind's not going to take your almanac in the back seat, right? He's not driving very fast. It's in, still, in, you still, look at defense. Marty's hair. It's windy. His hair's flowing in the wind. It is, it is fluttering. I wouldn't say fly. I wouldn't say Enough flowing. for, enough for a magazine to fly. I guess it's, I mean. Pages rip? In a certain context. I don't know why he doesn't just look in his rear view. He would see the futuristic car and the man in the Hawaiian shirt. And how can he not hear the furious? Uh, is is the flying car silent? That's true. Those exhausts got to be pretty loud. There, know, it's a flying, a flying car. car. It's a flying yeah. car. Is Mr. Fusion make it not noticeably loud? Is there noise pollution in the future? God only knows. Well, they reduce every kind of fu- uh, pollution in the future. Yeah. Michigan State, Minnesota. Ohio State wins. They beat Iowa. Yeah. Michigan beat Indiana. Look at that. Yeah. U of M. Fucking assholes. And I don't understand how this door doesn't make any noise when he opens it. Right there, right? Not a squeak and a creak. Not a click even when, when it unlatches. Biff has absolutely no hearing. That took him a while to do a double take, too. Right? 
I mean, this this is even worse than the scenes prior. I mean, he did not. He saw him, and then he went back and go screams again. Let go of my book. And 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 now Hill Valley is okay. I guess a bunch of hills. So the school and the town are that far apart because he's going back home. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> the geography doesn't make any sense either. This is lazy. It's a it's a cash grab. It's we, we see them every day, every almost every week. One comes out. That's bad character development right there for him because because Biff loves that fucking car. In the first movie, he would kill you for that car, and he just wants to ram it against the side of the tunnel. I don't believe that. I would think that by the end of this movie, Marty McFly has some sort of brain damage. Because he's been knocked unconscious twice in a very short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> and he's getting beat upon the head yeah. by Biff Tannen. Yeah, you're right, you're right. He's... He is... So maybe maybe going back to the past in eight, uh, 1885 is all in his head. And this, the third movie is just some weird fever dream he's Never having. happened. Never happened. Never happened. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, the end of The Wizard of Oz where he wakes up and they're like, You were there. You were there. You know? <laughs> Did this happen in the first movie? No, this is the replay of the beginning of this movie where he's over the pond trying to skate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because right there, I'm like, I've seen this before. You okay? Yeah. You okay? You want to talk about it? <laughs> and, of course, just miraculously saves the day coming up. Here comes Doc. So saving the day. There is a theory, there is a theory um, that Doc Brown knows the exact moment when to get there because he's done it so many times because he messed up so many times. That he oh, has that to Marty's keep, been destroyed. He, yeah, and Marty gets killed, so he keeps going back in time to do it properly. Gotcha. To time it right. That's actually a great theory. Oh, wait, by the way, if you guys don't know, he's going to hit another shit truck. I know, it's a great... I, I think it's a fun little running gag they have throughout the series. Yeah. That's we'll see... That, that makes sense with that theory with Doc Brown because as I was mentioning earlier uh, with with the remake of Time Machine where uh, Guy Pierce plays the main character like he, his whole motive is to go back and try to save his wife from death so like she originally gets trampled by a horse cart a horse carriage so he saves her but she dies another way and that's that's movie's way of saying if it's your time to die you're going to die no matter what so you could Jordan could die tomorrow and I could try to save him. And save this is him twice I've been dead in this fucking episode. Use him as an example. Fuck! I have a daughter. But no, he's saying like he would go back to save you. I know, but this is twice but in this if, episode. But if it's fate, you're going to die regardless. No matter how, no many times, how many times I've saved you. Mm. So speaking of things that are obvious, uh... So, I mean, like, I, 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 I'm cool with that theory, but at the same time, it kind of messes with how I, I view things. Because, like, if, if Marty was meant to die, he's meant to die. So, why doesn't Doc... Okay, Doc Ryan wants to... So, why isn't Doc... So, right now, you know, okay, Doc, something's going to happen to Doc. Because he's just flying up there in the middle of a lightning storm. Why doesn't he just go to the ground right now? Yes, to like what? What do you say? Cloud coverage or something like that? The wind's too bad. He's there's some flimsy excuse. Yeah, there's a stupid, stupid excuse. Damn it! Uh, 
It doesn't say pleasure paradise anymore. It says auto detail. This auto detail. So everything's back to the way it used to be. Because at the beginning of the movie, he says, "I want to show you these matches I made, these matchbooks I made." Yeah. George McFly, honored. See now it's the Hill Valley Tele Hill Valley Telegraph and not USA you know. Today. We have monopolies and product placement rampant mm -hmm. in 2015. Doc Brown commended. So looking back, now I know that this was at the beginning of the movie, but we are speaking now from the future of this movie. Mm -hmm. This is 2018. The, or the latest this movie goes is 2015. How do you guys feel about that, that future presented? In this, it's, exaggerating. It's it's exaggerating, but it's it's almost accurate. Almost accurate. Almost. Boy. The fashion uh, is of course exaggerated, but right now what's popular is retro, 80s, 90s. People love that shit. I don't really see people dressed up in retro clothing. I see people dressed up in just like jeans and hoodies, most of the time. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't. Well, give me an example. Well, there's a lot of kids that, that I work with that are younger, like from 24 years and younger. And, you know, and girls come to work with, and then change their clothes, of course, because of because of uniform requirements. But they come to work, you know, with the 80s flash dance, you know, sleeve, hoodie thing, you know, uh, uh, the legging thingies that go from your ankles to your knees that they wore in the 80s and ladies wore. I I never see anyone wear all these girls do that. And then of course, like I said my babysitter in a few episodes ago, she came in with her blue jeans up to her belly button, and I oh I said oh those are very retro of you. She goes oh yeah these are retro these are so nineties. I mean I mean they're wearing it's 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 the younger kids, and then what happens is they get older like we do because we were growing up like I said before we had the junko jeans the janko jeans with the wide yeah, we had the frosted tips. You, you had know? the frosted tips. Well yeah. that was popular <laughs> that was popular right. But then you get older, and you get older, fashion's not that big of an idea to you. You mostly like hoodies, jeans, or, or polos. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Fashion's a big deal when you're a certain age. That's my point. And we saw, young, we saw a lot of younger people. Okay, but how do you feel about how the... Because it seemed like they still only had... It seems like this is a very uh, densely populated mm. suburb. Yeah. Um, and in 2015, they had a single-screen movie theater. Um, they had the gas station downtown, but they had holograms and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but they have popular brands everywhere. Pepsi, we saw at least three advertisements in Hill Valley alone for Pepsi Perfect. Um, we saw the, pre the the hologram for Jaws 19, which is a uh, kind of like a newfangled newfangled way to advertise your movie. But now we got like online shit, you know. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how, how how does that stack up to what we what we knew at that time? You dying? <laughs> it was a big gulp. Oh. I don't know yet. Let me think about it because this is the end of the movie. So Western Union had this envelope for years and he was supposed to deliver it to Marty at this point in time exactly in 1955. Where do I know that guy from? He's in Freaks and Geeks. Thank you. He knows he's something else. He's That's the guy so. that says asshole in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Jackass. Sorry. He's the uh, the main character in Freaks and Geeks. He's the father. Okay. 
I can never remember the brother's name, but the sister is Linda Cardellini. Yeah, John Francis Daly plays the... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's the writer of Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm. Director of The Flash. 1885. So he went back 70 years in the future at that point. About 100 years in 1885. Yeah, 100 years from 1985. 1985. This is the end of the movie. This is the end of part two. I do think think it's fun how um, they put a trailer for part three at the end of part two. Yes. I think that's... I think that's a good way to get people excited, because like even even sitting through this, seeing the all the west, the western version of Back to the Future, I would probably go watch it based yeah. off that. But I don't know if I would 100 percent though, because the ending of this is so freaking weak. Regards to the trailer, just forget about the trailer. This is weak. I'm one of those. Okay, so I'm I'm of the mind, I'm of the mind that. I really loved Back to the Future. Yeah. Okay? I'm a kid in the 80s. I really love Back to the Future. Yeah. And I see this one, I'm like, it's okay. It's pretty good. But it's not what I expected. You know, sure. it's not what I wanted. Yeah. And then I see the trailer for the one, the third one. I'm like, that looks interesting. It could be, probably be as good as the first one. Let's go. You know? Mm. Okay. And you got to realize there's no streaming at this point. Yeah. There's no illegal downloading. Like, this is... You going still, to, going you to the theaters is one of the few last entertainments you have. You still had to wait seven months to get it on VHS. A year. A year. <laughs> A year, yeah. So Marty shows up and runs and says, but I'm back, I'm back from the future, and then to be concluded. So this just happened in the first movie too, right? Yeah, what up? This would have. <laughs> yeah. Bad ending. Bad ending for a ridiculous, off the wall camp sequel. They needed to end on a bigger note than, than Doc fainting. Well, I mean, if it's only part one of a two part story, right? Because they're saying, I get, I get, they're saying to be concluded. So it's kind of like yeah, here's um, the truth. Yeah, it's uh, it, they don't want to blow their wad because they know the true ending is in the next one. Okay. This is because the first one came out in '89. This came out in '90. Yeah. This was only just six months away from each other. This was, you know, bad choice. But all right. Yeah, it usually doesn't work out when you shoot them back to back. Yeah, Matrix. Matrix, they were six months apart. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean were a year apart, part two and part three. They were a year from each other, and the the second one made over $400 million, and the third one barely made more than the first. Bad choice to go back to the Wild West. Bad choice. But I guess... I guess for a writing standpoint, it makes sense, right? Because, you know, for the story part, so... Well, that concludes our commentary of Back to the Future Part 2. Uh, I had a great time talking about this with best friend Ryan and brother Brandon. We'll be back next week for the concluding chapter of Back to the Future with Back to the Future Part 3. And then we'll start other original podcast episodes. But, brother Brandon, thank you so much for joining me. Yes, thank you. And best friend Ryan, 
Dave, it's a pleasure like always. You're welcome. And have a good night, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.